Ohio High School Football. It's a juggernaut each and every week. I'm going to take you on an inside look at the high school coaching world. In the world of high school coaching, there is far more than what people see after 7 p.m. on a Friday night. This is The Coach's Approach. Welcome to The Coach's Approach. A podcast where we sit down with high school coaches and get the cold, hard facts about the high school coaching world. This is The Coach's Approach, where we talk X's and O's. Follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And subscribe to our YouTube channel. This is The Coach's Approach, where we talk the X's and O's. Win the day or dominate the day. The choice is yours. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Coach's Approach podcast. I'm your host, George Gresco. Today, I go one-on-one with my former head football coach, George Burek. Coach Burek, welcome to the show. Great to be here. <laughs> uh, today's show is going to be a little different than any other. Uh, today, we flip the script, essentially, which means I'm not going to be the only one asking the questions. Uh, coach Burek and myself will go back and forth and have the opportunity to ask each other's life's toughest, que- life's toughest questions. Uh, there will be a lot of great questions going to be asked by each and each by both of us and a lot of information that I need to get off my chest and kind of need to be heard. Uh, but before we get started, I need to shout out our sponsors, uh, Coach's Dry Rub, the All-American Rub, laid on thick until it sticks, Anthony's Family Restaurant in Eastlake on the corner of 91 and Vine Street, where together is our favorite place to be, uh, the Well Barn Grill in Kirtland, come in for a good time and some great food. Uh, G&G Printing, get your custom apparel printed in seven to 10 days or less. Dominate your design. Coach, once again, welcome. Um, I'm going to start off by, um, this is something I didn't go over with you. So yeah, this is the, the sneak up attack. I'm going to start off with a little background uh, real quick um, of how we know each other. Uh, coach Burek has been a huge part of my life. He was uh, my head football coach at Eastlake North High School. Uh, coach Burek has known me for a long time since I was seven or eight years old. Um, I used to come to the Ranger camps. That's kind of how we got to know one another. Um, Coach Burek has been there for me through the best times of my life and also through some pretty tough times uh, throughout my life. So this is why we kind of decided to sit down and do this episode. Um, I'm going to start off with a, a series of questions and then Coach Burek will follow up me afterwards. But I'm going to start off with a little story and a question to follow. Um, my senior year of high school, we were playing over at East, or, uh, Willoughby South. Uh, it was my final football game. You gave a pregame speech and you pulled out a picture. The picture was of you and your father. Mm-hmm. And um, so there's a picture. I'll, I'll post this later on. Um, this was a photo that kind of stuck with me. And then uh, your, that speech kind of stuck with me over time of just how important time is and how precious family is. What did that photo mean to you? Man, you got me crying to start the interview. <laughs> tearing up in the eyes. Um, you know, I. I my dad and my relationship was close and it revolved a lot around football, whether it was him coaching me in football, whether it was him, uh, him and I watching football together um, on Saturdays and Sundays. Him, when he was uh, a truck driver, he always made the trips in to, to watch my games, uh, no matter what, if he's cross country, he'd always be there Friday night. He'd be there Saturdays when I was in college, you know, so I would see the big, orange Schneider truck at North <laughs> High School. You know, say the right colors, orange and black. I think we'd be at, uh, you know, all over the, 
the you know Division II um, schedule uh, for Mercyhurst when I was there. So um, it was something that bonded us. And, and again, my dad was super strict, you know. So for all those players <laughs> who thought that I was tough, um, he was a whole nother level of tough. You know, he was a he was a Marine, he uh, truck driver, uh, he coached youth sports. Um, coach, he was the president of the softball league in Willowick. He coached uh, football at St. Mary Magdalene. And uh, again, he he taught me how to do things the right way. He held me accountable for my actions. He taught me to take responsibility. And, uh, you know, um, unfortunately, again, the way life goes, everybody has their losses at times that they might not be ready for. And, and you know, I was, you know, married a year, a year or two and uh get the phone call that you know he passed away and um it's rough you know i mean like when you have somebody that you depend upon so much to kind of keep you moving in the right direction it's not there anymore um it's a big challenge you know losing having, having any type of loss in your life uh to people close to you is uh really impactful and, and when it's the person who's um one of the most important people in your life it's it's even more challenging no, I agree. Yeah, and, yeah, and today's actually my brother's birthday. Uh, yeah. He passed away back in 2012. And uh, but happy birthday to my brother. And uh, but you're you're now a father of two to yeah. Josie and Brady. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the joys of being a father yourself? Oh, man, it's awesome. Um, start with Josie, because again, this is she played tackle football this year <laughs> for Kirtland, um in their youth league. Um, she got after it. It was awesome. Like, uh, you know, it'd be cool to go to the games. I'd, I'd be walking around, kind of watching the stands, and, and people would be talking, want to see the girl play because she was tough. She <laughs> right. Offensive line, and she got in there and she battled and, and had really good relationships with the boys. They had good coaches teach them how to do things the right way. Um, you know, so again, she's a competitor, just like, you know, just like her, her mom, her dad, right. and, and her brother. And, uh, you know, she, she's done speed strength, but then she's also a straight A student. She does her girly stuff. She has her girlfriend. She has her guy friends. <laughs> it's she's she's something special, you know, and uh, I'm sure she's gonna do some amazing things as she continues to experience things as, as a young person. And then uh my son Brady, uh, you know, he's been through a lot of different versions of what my life's been, you know, being a, a coach and then being an administrator um as he's growing up. You know, there's a time where he was at practices you know, oh, yeah. you know, and, and Gina be coming picking him up after um, as we share our, our parenting duties there throughout things. And, uh, you know, he's a, you know, he's a 16 year old in high school now. So, of course, he knows everything. So right. we're in a new spot <laughs> right now because if I have any questions, I could just go to him for the <laughs> answer. Um, but, you know, he's he's playing football at Kirtland, uh, going to school there. Um, he's got great teachers. He's, he's really progressing. Um, on that end, so I'm proud of him with that part of the effort he puts into school and, and takes things seriously. He uh, never forgets to remind me how much better he's doing in school um, than his <laughs> father did. And, um, you know, and, he, and he's, he can still do better, you know, again, so he's in a good spot there academically. And then there's, there's so many good um, components to uh, the school district, you know, they got good principals, got a good teacher. And then, and of course, you know, Tiger Liberty being the head football coach there is, is one of those things that, you can't ask for more. I think, uh, you know, a big part of having been a coach and, and been a teacher and being an administrator now, uh, you see the impact that a head football coach will have on um, a young person, you know, and, and outside your father, a lot of times that will be the, the male influence that you'll look at for guidance Absolutely. about how to do things right. 
what it means to be successful, what it means to uh, compete, what it means to uh, reach your potential and, and try to surpass that, you know? So um, couldn't be, you know, more fortunate than living in a great city like Kerlin with a yeah. great school district and a great opportunity for my kids to be right. successful. You know, Josie goes to St. Anselm right now, um, you know, it's a big part of our, our family's been our faith. You know, Brady went to, uh, you know, K through eight, um, Catholic school. He went to St. Justin's until they unfortunately closed. And then he, he went to St. Anselm to finish up. And, and uh, you know, Josie's there, you know, now at the eighth grade, and we'll kind of see where to go from there. But, you know, if Kirtland's where she has to go on, you know, you can't, can't beat, you know, the, they said the teachers they have there, the coaches they have there, the community support. All right. Yeah, that's kind of funny because it's time goes so fast. I remember yeah. babysitting both yeah. Josie and Brady at one time. So it's kind of funny. Yeah, I like babysit you. Yeah, yeah right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um moving on to a little of your east lake north days yeah, uh, I <laughs> so so i'm gonna I, I can't we can't go further than for me just to talk about my wife gina you know gina's a north grad as well sure and and uh you know she's been my everything you know for a long time and uh, can't do anything in the coaching world and without having a strong person you know by your side all the time um supporting you the good and bad of everything you know so um you know she's a, a big part of, of kind of taking over a role my dad right. left when he passed but she's the person who pushes me to do more and keeps me going but again i can't go further with that without talking right about no i agree how special she is you know you, she yep. she kicks your butt too yeah i was gonna say you know, she'd so. be after you yeah. uh but go, go, we're gonna move in a little bit of your east like the worth days uh you were the head football coach at East Lake North from 2007 to 2014. Uh, North is both of our alma maters, of course. Did you put any pressures on yourself coaching, uh, coaching there and being the head coach at your former high school? Yeah, of course. I mean, it, you guys all know I was crazy. <laughs> you know, there's a different pre, pre tumor, tumor buric and post tumor version of me are definitely different people. Uh, put a lot of pressure. Like, I love um, every minute of, of being a teacher and being a coach. At North High School, um, my grandfather—I don't know if you know or not—he was a custodian and, and a mechanic for, for Willby yeah. Eastlake. Retired from there. Um, my parents both went to Eastlake North. Um, aunts, uncles, everybody in there. So, like, my whole family was from there. So, um, you know, again, I was a Catholic school boy myself as well. Right. I went to St. Mary Magdalene in Willowick. Um, but when time came, you know, went to North. You know, with a lot of my friends, so I went to Magdalene with. And um, again, this. North Lead is such a special place in my heart. Um, the coaches that have been there, like Coach McIntyre, you know, I got an opportunity to get to know him and and get support from him when I was a coach, as an assistant and a head coach. And, and he'd bring me boxes of stuff in his garage. He's like, my wife kind of wants me to figure <laughs> things out. Would you be interested in these things? And George, it was like some of the most yeah, you're like, absolutely, absolutely. I've ever read in football I've gotten from him. You know, like he was, was a great coach ahead of his time he was doing like strength and conditioning stuff before it was a thing right um and, and again he uh was always very supportive and would come around and, and chat with myself the other coaches he would talk to the players at times you know see even at that point i remember being a player having to talk when coach kakur was there um coach hurley who was the coach after mcintyre <laughs> he was my freshman football coach <laughs> you know so um i don't even know if you if you ever met coach hurley but you know he was there and is an athletic director, I think maybe my first year in high school. Uh, Dan Kakura, I mean, love him. You know, like he's 
been one of them again, one of the biggest influences in my life. And you're not the only coach, you're not the only coach that's mentioned Kakur on the show. Oh, yeah, Dodd's mentioning him and uh even Buzz helped yeah, Buzz, Buzz out yeah. in his coaching career. Um Coach Kakura, like I mean, one of the reasons I think I live in Kirtland is because he lived in Kirtland. You know, <laughs> I remember going to his house, he'd have all the seniors over for dinner um before the big north south game at the end of the, end of the season. And uh I mean we saw this coolest thing, you know, and so, you know, when, when the house is available there and I could live in the same city as my head coach, right. like, <laughs> now we basically live around the block. From now I live in Kirtland. Like, so I'm like, next thing you know, I'm going to be his next door neighbor. So he better watch out. <laughs> um, you know, Nick Toth um, came in after, after Kakura. So between my graduated high school and, and got into teaching, that, that switch had occurred with coaching. And again, somebody who's defined like my coaching career and, and and just give me a, a fantastic foundation. You, you can't be a luckier guy than going and get somebody who's who was a college, you know, defense coordinator, um, special teams guy, uh, interim head coach at right. OU. You know, so he <laughs> he's been around and, and he's and been around even like his like, son's coaching on college yeah, level, he's, and he's and his son actually the first year we coached together. Nick Junior was also on the staff, so we were the two <laughs> young young guys who you know thought we were hot stuff and. <laughs> He made sure to put us in our place often and <laughs> regularly. And, uh, but again, like he was, a, was a great, uh, coach. And, and I remember when I first met with him, um, to come there as, as an assistant, I was cocky. He's, he's asking me like, what do you, what's your career goal with PS? Well, someday I want to be head coach at North high school. You know, it's kind of pretty crazy. Yeah. Tell right. Person that's hurting you that you want their job <laughs> at some point, but it was probably the best thing because like, I mean, he made sure that, uh, I had the foundation there to, to do things and run a solid program first time first class program was something that he was always really big on saying like, you know, if you're going to do it, do it the right way. If you can't do it the right way, then get out, right. you know? And uh, again, he's had so many um, coaching connections and, and opportunities to learn and grow for a young guy. And, 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 he, and he was, a, was really in the film, really into breaking things down. Like we'd have these, uh, these play cards, <laughs> like vanilla envelopes. We had a chart, everything you'd have teams that run the old days without huddle, you know, <laughs> and, uh, it, it was just like the amount of work that went in on a weekend to do that, to learn, uh, was fantastic, you know? So, um, again, that experience was wonderful for a guy who wanted to be a head coach. You know, I think that's a big part of it. When you have people who, who want to do those things, right. those things are exciting. Some guys who just like coaching, they might not have liked coaching with him right. or for him as much as I did, because, um, again, like that was, I love football. Like it's been a bit, like I said, it's again, that bond that I have with my dad and kind of built on that bond. I have that bond with my son now. Right. I have the bond with my daughter, <laughs> you know, as well. My wife was a cheerleader, um, you know, so that was big. And then, you know, you know, I was coach after coach Toth and he had coach Bell for a year and then coach Dodd. Now another North guy who was a, you know, an upperclassman when I was you know right. a freshman at North, you know, so, um, and, and again, we had different relationships over over the years too. It looks support one another, you know, going through being head coaches first time together. I remember him being at Gilmore yep. and myself being at North, just talking on the phone sometimes and sharing things and meeting between seasons. So again, and we mentioned that too is that you guys coach an All Star game together. You yeah, and, uh, yeah, we, we did All Star. My senior game. year, it was like it was crazy. It was like North staff, Dodd, and <laughs> and uh, one of the guys from his staff. Helped out with, with uh, quarterbacks, I believe, and, and and Coach Duffy was gonna was gonna coach too, and then some other things came up yeah. in his life, so he wasn't able to to participate as much as as he wanted to. And then you had like this 
all-star coaching staff that was coaching <laughs> another team um, that night. And uh, it was cool to go out there, compete, and, yeah. and come out come out with a W for you guys because, you know, again, that's your last like, kind of high yeah. school experience. And that, yeah. that actually would have been the last football game I played in, so yeah, that's an all-star true. game. True, you never know when that last game comes. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, before being a head football coach at North, you were an assistant there, as you mentioned, for several years under Nick Toth. Mm-hmm. Um, during your times as assistant, your son Brady was about to be born. Can you talk a little bit about that experience? Yeah, so like I said, like Nick was super intense with things. So it's almost one of those things I'm nervous to tell him that like I find out my wife is finally, you know, tried for, <laughs> for a while to, to, to get pregnant and then find out due dates like, you know, in season. <laughs> but like little did I know at the same time as I'm having this conversation with him, there's three other coaches having the same conversation <laughs> with him going into that season. So we had four coaches on staff that year who who had sons that were going to be born. And, it's because you guys and, had all the downtime in the off season. Yeah, <laughs> we would say one one off night at the same time, you know, but uh, or around the same time. But like that that whole uh, season, it was five Friday or four Fridays, different Fridays throughout the season that our, our sons were born. Okay, and, and everybody's experience <laughs> was slightly different. Uh, Pat Snodgrass again, who's one of my, my closest friends growing up. You know, he he coached with me as well. Um, as both as an assistant and then as a head coach, and we're still really close to this day. His son, Patrick, was born the week before Brady was born. <laughs> but even going through that process, you know, like you're going to the doctor's visits and, and kind of playing these things out. And when they say the due date, you're like, well, that's in season, you know? <laughs> and then he's like, well, is there any way that, you know, we could, you know, have my wife induced? Because they would let you, like, you could take yeah, this right. like, this this uh pill that helps speed up the process to, to kind of have your, your child <laughs> so we scheduled for a thursday <laughs> you know so we go to the hospital she, it's time so we go to the hospital and they give her this this medicine to to like you know speed up the process it did not speed up the process at all i felt horrible because like yeah you, know, you had a game the next day <laughs> well not because of that like she's in it's like forces contraction so she's in horrible pain I'm watching Prison Break as it was the first time the show Prison Break was on TV. I'm watching Prison Break and she's moaning and, you know, I'm sleeping on like a fold out chair in the room and, and she's in pain all night long. And then, you know, Brady came along, you know, um, early Friday morning and, and, and wow, it changes your life when you, when you see your first child be born for sure. Um, and, uh, you know, after everybody was safe and sound and in the right spot. You know, it's, it's probably around one o'clock. Like, you know, so is it okay if I <laughs> go to the game tonight? You know, and again, coach's wife, man, she she's like, of course, you know. Um, but but again, it, every one of the coaches on being at the games Friday evening, some way or another, um, by no means were we forced to be there. It's always once like you know that as coaches, um, there's so many things that you sacrifice that are important things, like in people close to your your life. And typically, in most cases, they understand, like, you know, you're not going to be at a wedding during football season. Right. Right. You're not going to be somewhere at Friday night, you know, um, you know, if, if, if you don't have to be, absolutely have to be, you know. And, uh, and it's, it's not about being selfish, I think, as a coach. Like, it's a commitment that you're making to, like, the players and to the family and to the community. Like, people take that seriously, you know. And, and, and in high school football, like, you talk about it in your intro all the time. You know, in Ohio, it's a big deal. And, uh, you know, it means something to everybody involved. And 
you know, the show always goes on and somebody else will step up and, and do things that somebody can't be there. But um, again, it's, it's, you invest in the time and people like you, you want to be part of that Friday nights when you kind of see all the labors of your hard work, right. your dedication. I think Buzz Edwards said it like Ohio high school football is the Mecca of high school football. Football is invented here. The hall of fame's here. So it's a pretty cool thing. Um, you were hired as the head football coach at North under one administration. Um, by the time that you were in your final few years at North, that administration was completely gone. Mm -hmm. uh, all new people were essentially at the top of the food chain. Uh, what challenges did you face in your final years working under completely different administrators that didn't hire you? Well, I mean, every coach gets their opportunity for a reason. And, and mine was the worst reason of all. Um, again, I told you earlier, like my dream job was to be the head football coach at East Lake North. So, um, the way that happened wasn't wasn't the way that I planned. You know, even before I was um, had that opportunity, I first uh, got hired as the head coach at Richmond Heights High School. You know, and uh, I was going to. Actually, I actually found that article yeah. when I'm doing research Great. on yeah, certain it's things. Still out there, in New <laughs> back when they were a much robust, uh, more robust newspaper. Right. Um, you know, I got hired hired there, and uh, as first head coaching job, and, and like I said earlier. You know, basically, at the end of the day, like if you can't do things first class, do it the right way. It's time to get out. Um, and uh, I resigned the position uh, two months after taking the job, and uh, it was a tough thing to do because I got I wanted to be head coach, but again, like uh, the ultimate goal was to get the north. And uh, you know, I, I resigned the resigned that job, and uh, Devlin Culver. Who's, yeah. who's at Elyria? We heard her talk at the, yeah. the African American Coach Association um, a couple weeks back. Um, he took the job after me, and he resigned like in two weeks <laughs> for another job. So like he kind of like like Burek got forgotten in the Richmond right. Heights history because somebody <laughs> else resigned the job even quicker than I did. And you know it's kind of weird like when things go first full circle to how things kind of connect to one another, even in our area. You know, so the next year. Um, Coach Suchi took over, um, didn't have, you know, the success that he wanted. And then they brought in um, DJ and, and Hicks yeah. and, and, uh, and um, Creel, yep, you know, was all these guys there. who are on your show already. Yeah. Um, and it was weird because like those guys who were like eighth graders, they had this, they had this phenomenal eighth grade team that year that I had taken the job the year before. You know, they're highly feel like, wow, there's some, there's some, right, there's it's some just talent. Just, yeah. And there's guys in the high school like they, uh, Bertram. Who was a quarterback for them had a lot of success yep. who had just came to the school and and and, and daniel yala who went up uh, yeah, yeah. at some point you know he was an eighth grader or ninth grader lifting weights and like wow this, there's just some studs there yeah you know and and then you know hicks and those guys had success <laughs> there and then you know we hooked back up down the road but um you know like so that was kind of like the foundation being head coach and then i uh, resigned position go back I was defense coordinator at North before I left and then when I came back again you know I still had that responsibility you know and, and coach Tope welcomed me back with open arms so I was fortunate for that sure they were supportive and, and definitely like again I talked to them before I made these decisions because again it's tough you know I couldn't right. talk to coach Kukur before the decision yeah you know so it's you know like what is what does this mean how does this work and you know it, it was probably best for both parties because again they, they weren't prepared at that point to do things the way the right way um in my opinion you know they had changed their superintendent left um you know the day after i resigned um the 
the head principal left for a job somewhere else. Right. So it was just, yeah. you know, there's things were, were kind of hectic there. Um, go back to North and, and I don't know how long it was between that event and then becoming head coach, but uh, we had a horrible tra tragic incident that occurred you know, in the summertime. Um, Jeff Newman uh, yeah. drowned at Nutter Headlands. Um, it was a horrible experience for our kids and our community. I was in, I was in middle school at that time. Yeah. I remember and, that. Uh, it's just rough. You know, he's such an awesome, awesome this person, you know, and uh, so we had to go through that in July and then, uh, you know, we keep working towards the season and uh, that's just always kind of like hanging over your head, you know, yep. you see his friends and you know his position, you know all the spots he's going to contribute to the team. Right. And, uh, and we, we played our first game against Brush, Shakespeare opener. Uh, we lost the game and, and, um, some some people just said some horrible things on social media about coaches and and uh the aspects of the program and different things that you know it's totally you know anonymous right you know, beautiful and and uh you know coach toth ended up resigning after the after week one and you know he told me he's like yeah i'm gonna resign and I'm like like i didn't believe it and then the next thing you know i i'm uh, Dr. Miller was the superintendent. Jim Miller was the uh, athletic director. And Mark Gomey was principal. They asked me in the, the office and asked me if I would be an interim coach. And I'm like, hey, Coach Toth is like, not gone yet. Let's go get him and let's <laughs> figure this out. Like, right. We need him, you know? And uh, they're like, no, it's, you know, he's he's sure on his decision. And, you know, we need you to help us at this point. Are you, would you do that? And, and of course, I mean, it's, right. it was... You know, it, it wasn't about like hitting your dream job at that point. It wasn't even those things I really right. thought about at that point. It's about like just moving forward with where we're at and doing things for the kids and for the program and for the school. You know, and as a as a really as a younger head coach, I was, geez, I'm 46 now, so I must have been my years ago. So I must have been like my no, so early think, 30s. Yeah, you're, yeah, I think so. You know, to to have that responsibility to like provide the support to to families and to kids and to the school and, and try to like get things organized within the staff um was 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 a real challenge you know so i i remember we get done in the season like i didn't even know what was going to happen next with that so we get through the season um and i i go to mr bony mark like so what's the process like like am i like by the interview for the job is like they post it like what happens it's like i don't know <laughs> he picks up the phone call. And no idea. Calls Dr. Miller and says, "So what are we doing?" And I don't hear. And he's like, "Congratulations, you're your head coach. <laughs> you're moving forward." So it's you know it was just wild, you know? right? Kind of like the way things happen in life. You know, they don't always happen the way you draw them up. Not the truth. Um, you know, so I definitely wasn't prepared for for like the moment, the way that it happened. Um, and then, you know, me, we got to work, you know, we started putting things in place. And, and uh, like I said, it's, it, it was my dream job is what I always want to do. I, I thought I would be a teacher and head coach at North until the day I retire, you know, <laughs> but they keep moving, they keep changing on, on, on teachers in, in Ohio now. Um, but like you said, we did have a change in administration, um, you know, um, throughout that time. And, and, you know, I'm doing my doctorate now. And when you start 
learn more about like some educational leadership and leadership in general, like you need, you need alignment. And it's, there's nothing wrong with people having different points of view and ways they want to go about things. It's just, it's just, it is what it is. And, you know, um, we had good leaders in place um, in, in the district, you know, Dr. Thompson came on board and, and he, uh, he, he was a mover and shaker and he uh, got a lot of things done that, that have been waiting years to be done. You know, like, if you look at those buildings and the facilities, and look at you see yeah. the football field and yeah. everything like that. Now, that's what I'm saying. Awesome. We, 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 practice in, we practice in mud bowls. We were hoping for one <laughs> nice one that we could share between the districts back in the day. <laughs> at a minimum, you have you know some awesome facilities. The buildings and the learning environments are, are, are fantastic. You know, so like that was part of the process. Like, and uh, you know, we got after done with the season. Um, it was the year after the two season, and. Dennis Riley sat down with me and it's like, hey, like, I don't know if this is, you know, the right, the right way moving forward. And, was, and I ended up, you know, resigning the position and they gave me the opportunity to like leave with respect and dignity. It wasn't like, hey, you're fired or we're going a different direction or whatnot. It was like, you know, like it's it's time to make some changes. And that's cool. You know, right. like I wish it wasn't the case, but it also happened after the tumor. Like I said, like I have these like two stages of my life that are completely different. And, uh, you know, I love coaching there and I love the kids there. I love the community. And again, there's a lot of pride because it's where you, where you grew up and where you played and what you knew. Right. So, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I resigned after that second one and nine season, but, uh, I, I would still say that like, you know, again, like it was the, the one of the most awesome privileges of my life that I've had was the opportunity to coach, you know, the kids in, in Eastlake and Willowick um, over the years, you know, watch people grow and mature and accomplish things themselves, you know. Um, would, would I like to win more football games? Hell yeah, who doesn't want to win? <laughs> but, you know, I had hit so many hits in my head in general, like I can't remember half the games anyway. <laughs> I remember the relationships with the kids. I remember the relationships with the coaches. I remember relationships with parents. I remember relationships with the teachers, like all that stuff is warm memories, you know, right. and, uh, you know, like one of the things that's cool about the program and the things I think that, that shows that there's a lot of great things going on, like there's over a hundred kids every single year by coach in North, right? Over a hundred kids. Yeah. East Lake North every year. Cause we did a lot of great stuff. We, we, we took, you know, trips, the college campuses. Yes, we did. <laughs> We right? still we, we so still we have nightmares that. of these camps, <laughs> you know. And uh, we 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 did fundraisers. We had awesome uniforms. We had, you know, like want to try to do everything first class. Like yeah. how many different uniform combinations do we have that we could go through? Different one every game, I think. You know, so you had that stuff, and I just again, one of you guys had the great experiences, and to like get every opportunity that, that you could possibly have to have a great football experience. Because I told you again, right. football is super meaningful to my life, right. and. Uh, if watching everybody grow, you have your your guys who are great football players and athletes, and you have guys who want to be part of something bigger than themselves. And to watch both of those two groups grow and mature and to do things that they didn't think they accomplished right. beforehand, like that's the best thing about coaching. Like that's the win. That's like right. I had everyone I wanted there. Not everyone, because there's guys who got away that I love, I, I that I still care for and I wish we would have stayed with the program all yeah. four years and not get caught up in things that pull them in different directions. Because that was always the biggest challenge at North. Like if we could kept all those guys, yeah. 
invested. You know, think about the guys that you I can never, I mean, with, we, we graduated know. with 26 seniors that year. And we and should, there's, still, we, there's like 10 we other guys right. we had them. Like we, we could have graduated really with like athletes. 38 seniors if yeah. they stuck so, around. So, you know, that's the hard part, but it's tough because again, like when you have a hundred plus kids in the program, there's only so many spots to go around. Right. You know, like that's, that's the, the thing that sometimes I don't know if parents and, and everybody else understands is like, it hurts your heart to have to tell somebody they can't play as much as they want. Right. You know, <laughs> no. as a, I mean, head coach, like, again, like, you don't want to tell a kid that like, you're not as good as this kid. Like th that's, those are challenging parts of the job. You I mean, like that's, well, again, sometimes I don't know if, uh, you know, in the high school level and youth level, sometimes people really understand like, uh, some of the connections that really exist there. You know, right. I'm always paying you to come here. Right. You know, like people are paying to play and they're <laughs> investing a lot in that opportunity to go out and try to, you know, live their dreams and have a great experience. And, you know, again, I, it kills me that I couldn't give everybody the best experience maybe that they wanted. But again, I really do um, enjoy that experience that I had there. You know, it's crazy. Like, you know, seven wins your senior year. It's the most wins that, that North had since 1994 when the year after I graduated was the current right you know and you know, it's awesome coach Dodd made the playoffs you know that was a, a check mark a check box that I was dying to yeah. to get that he that he beat beat me to um hey we were division one region one at the time I'm just <laughs> and, and, and it does sometimes division two with with the guys they have yeah. just it's tough right. it's not tougher different years and uh you know um that's again, like I said, that's part of it. Those are cool things, but like again, like the kids, the people, like those are those are the people that really push you. You know, it's crazy. Like there, there's some people who be like, hey, well, that administrator that was there when you were a coach, maybe what's the, the administrator was there, like helped me to become an administrator. Right. Like took me in and shared information with me and pushed me to be a better version of myself. You know, so there's just awesome people, you know, in that district. Um maybe sometime in the future i'll be able to be back there in some capacity you know going administration right you never know what right. what's what what lies ahead for you um but i said a lot of a lot of great people and, and great opportunities and, and some big parts of my life really happened there you know sure. i met my wife right you know in, <laughs> in that school too um you're, you're now an administrator in administrator role at calga heights high school uh, how important is it for a teacher or coach to have the support from administration well, I think the biggest thing is what you're looking for is alignment, synergy. You know, um, when you look at successful programs that year in, year out, you have, you know, you have the coaches, you got the administration, you have the booster club, you have the parents, you have the youth leagues, all those things move in the same direction. If you have any one of those things who starts straying off or, or trying to do it their way rather than our way, that's when things get tough, you know. And when the challenge will be East Lake, you know, I, I think is – and more so probably north and south is, is that you have like the split school district. You have yep. multiple middle schools and there's a choice area and that's, that's fine. Like that's the way it was drawn up a long time ago, a galaxy far, far away. Right. And uh, you know, like, like Sean said, like you have to put together a good product if you want the kids to come to your program and make that experience something that they want to do, you know? So, so that's, that's on you as a head coach to take care of that part. But, uh, but like, you you have multiple you have Willow Youth League for for athletics and you have the East Lake Youth League. Right. So like who are those people, you know, loyal to? Not not in a, not in a bad sense, but like it's like me like an Ohio State and you like a Michigan. Right. You no, know, like you're wrong, I'm right. 
<laughs> but you, you know what I mean? So like trying to get all those things in alignment, it takes a lot of work, right. you know? And, and then you have, they're competing as one or two. So you have East Lake competing as Willowick. So like you're trying to get people to do the same things. And, and uh, you, you know, again, so it's just a lot of challenges and it's crazy. Like, you know, Will East Lake is the largest school district in Lake County. Right. Like it's larger than that. Yeah. You know, and, and I think sometimes that's the part that's difficult because when you talk about a school board, board of education, you, they get voted in. And if some communities vote in more members than others do, are you, are you going to support the school that your child goes to? Or are you going to support the school exactly. that someone else's child goes to? Right. I know, like, that might be a loaded question, but, like, again, like, you're going to make sure that, you know, you can say it's all kids, but, like, there's challenges there. You know, it's tough. And, and you're always making decisions that somebody might take the wrong way. And I don't, they're, they're not making decisions with, the wrong way but people start pointing out why they get this first right yeah i mean like why this first gets second there's there's plenty of reasons why and you can't explain how the sausage is made to the people in the community <laughs> you know so what ends up happening is you start saying well you like the school better that's not the case it's just there's there's so many components you know so i think like the alignment there sometimes gets tough you know any if we could suffer south too i'm sure there's right. challenges if we talk to coach duffy that he would tell you that happen probably because of the split district it might make things more a little more difficult for them because again it's you I mean two high schools two large high schools is is a tough thing to manage right. you know overall so um you know so you always wonder like is, is there gonna be a time where those schools will go back together or will they keep their separate ways will it be you know less middle schools more middle schools like all these things sure. are, are there you know it's funny we see east like north you know as we do this interview yeah I only knew it was North until maybe right. like two years. I think I, I think I first time I ever saw East Lake North was maybe on my <laughs> diploma. Because again, like everybody's called it North. Right. You know, and as a Willowick person, like I don't know if that's just because again, even there's some some little bit of conflict between the East Lake people and the Willowick people. Yeah. You know, so there's just a it's just, you know, alignment's key. Like in Kirtland, it's like, you know, um Tiger's a freaking awesome coach. But the guy, the guys, two guys, okay built the foundation there. Um, Mr. Erder yeah. and Dan Gakura. Because no, they did. They they made that youth league strong. Yeah. And then that youth league made the football program strong. And then Tiger's leadership made that youth league even stronger. Sure. Um, you know, the staff guy that you'll see people talk about curling run, that's the offense I ran with Dan Gakura's my coach at North. Right. You know, that it was something Tiger came in at, I believe, like before he came there, he was a guy who was going like five wide, yeah, spread. throwing the ball around. But he watched some film and he's like, "Hey, these kids do this well. I'm not gonna get rid of it." Genius. I mean, that's that's like, you know, coach looking at what's there and and really kind of saying like, "Well, hey, what can we do about other other people?" And sure. you know, his kid offensive line coach, uh, Coach Morrison, who was, yeah. you know, he coached me when I was in high school, and now he's coaching my son. You know? <laughs> it's so that's cool too. But you know, you had a bunch of coaches there that. What we're uh, you know doing things the right way. There's a line, you know, and I could go to Jeff over at, at uh, Kenston, you know, like yeah. Booster Club, you know, the parents, the administration, you know, like the, you know, you have your superintendent oh, yeah. down on the field and <laughs> talking to the kids after games and yeah. really being a part of, of the program, you know, and you know, and, and again, it's easier there because again, like Dr. Thompson, you go to you go to North, and somebody's like, oh. Why is he not at South? And he goes yeah, right. South. Like, yeah. why, is, why is not at North? Like, you know, like him only one person. I got right. You know, his best probably favorite game of the year is probably the North South. He's, <laughs> he's complaining to say he wasn't at the game. He's got to be super neutral in the colors he wears, I guess. Yeah, but right. um, yeah, alignment's a big part. You know, I, even when you, 
you know, you, when you're a head coach, you know, if the lineman's not there, things get super challenging for a lot of different reasons. <laughs> uh, we're going to get into that yeah, in a little yeah, bit. Uh, <laughs> getting into that very soon. Uh, coach, who would you say has been the biggest role model or someone you've always looked up to in your life? Non-family. Oh, not because I know I know your dad was big one. Dad and your family, father, yeah, off. He, yeah. He lost, you know, last yeah, last January. You know, he picked up after my dad was gone too. But you know, so many of those people are my coaches. I had to write them down because I don't want to miss. Sure. These, like Jerry Gavell, he was my my Pee Wee football coach at Saint Remac. That's um, funny he, you you mentioned a Pee Wee football coach because yeah. I had a Pee Wee football coach. I still keep in touch with George Callahan. He coached for Air Force, but he actually started me over his son, my first year ever playing. So that's one of the things I always respect him for. So Mr. Jansky, he was my flag football coach. Michigan Wolverines was my team. I used to I, Good I, team. I cheered for Michigan Wolverines one day outside of that. When they were, well, I think it was against Ohio State one time. And my dad's when I learned that no, I'm Ohio State I'm Michigan fans my dad. Um, Jim Lomas coached coached us seventh eighth grade. Um at St. Mary Magdalene, like him, Bays, um, Basil um, Kashevich was one of our other coaches. And, you know, um, those guys just awesome. Like they, they, they would load us up in vans and take us to football games, like on sure. Friday nights and Saturday nights all throughout the football season. We're seventh, eighth grade. Like those guys were crazy. I can't believe they even do that. <laughs> you know, they didn't have sons even on the team, right? But like awesome coaches. We won the city championship when we were in seventh grade. <laughs> and then eighth grade, we lost one game by a touchdown, you know, um, and, and you know we, we didn't, had to give up like we only and that we gave up two touchdowns in one game. That's the only points we gave up in two years, you know. And we had to lose that game. Um, Dan Kerr, like I told you, like like one of the kindest, gentlest, um, supportive, um, just people that you ever have or meet in your life. You know, like he's a he's a, a special person to me. Uh, I. I don't, I, I, a special pe person, a lot of people. There's a lot of people I know he's uh, made a big impact on her life. Um, Mark McNally. Yeah. Uh, he was my defense coordinator at Mercyhurst. Um, just, just super authentic. Yeah, McNally actually works with uh, Coach Sean Richter now over <laughs> in Painesville together. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you know, Coach Mack was just awesome defense coordinator. There. Then he was the, you know, first head coach at Lake Erie College. Um, Anthony Federico, he was the first head coach that I coached under when I got out of college. He was one of the innovators of the run and shoot offense. <laughs> and and it, it was it was crazy. Like he's like he had worked with Miles Davis, who was a big run and shoot guy. And and he's like, it's it's a run that looks like a pass, you know. <laughs> so, you know, even though there's a lot of like pass heavy concepts, like you wanted to run the ball was the biggest part of it. But uh, you know, he was real, real big on goal setting. And uh kind of taught me about the importance of setting goals. Sure. You know, he taught the kids that, he taught the coaches that. Um, and then you had Nick Toth. I, I talked about him a lot earlier yeah. as far as being a huge coach influence. Um, again, he's, he, he's 70 plus now and he's still getting after it. Yeah. You know, coaching, he's, you know, he's coaching basketball over at Losing the West when I got black <laughs> director at Kaiga Heights and like, you know, he's, Still like this, this fire man, yeah. this fire man. That guy's got I hope I have energy like <laughs> him and the drive that, that he has will always have. Uh, and then another guy like Bruce Mays. So I, I I know Bruce has been around a couple times when when you're in high school, but he uh he's North grad, yep. um, a little bit older than my than my dad. And uh, you know, he went on um 
to a lot of success. Like, you know, he was uh, in multiple colleges, you know, coaching, athletic director. He was at uh, Miami with uh, Jimmy Johnson, national championship. And Jimmy Johnson went to the Cowboys, went there, won some Super Bowls, yeah. you know. So, like, he, since he had grown up and know my dad real well, he had uh, always just, he and I stayed in contact, like, throughout my playing and coaching career. Like, right. as a player, like, he came to one of my Division two college games. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that was awesome. And then, you know, when I was his coach, was coaching, he'd say, hey, George, you got to read this book, read this book, read this book. You need, and they were never football books. They were always right. like leadership books. And they were um, things about business and things about um, success and, and just um, great guy, you know with so many experiences and, and again he pushed me to look outside the box in different ways to get better um as a person and uh you know, it, you know he's got his super bowl rings and that just reminded me i wanted to make sure shout out to yeah. to, to you know our, our buddy hug <laughs> who's with the rams got a chance to to, to be another ranger yeah. alumni with with a super bowl ring coming up in a, in a couple of weeks um so um yeah there's just so many people and again when you look at the list a lot of those guys happen to be coaches <laughs> yeah sure you know right coach in 2012 it was 2012 was a bit scary for you um for you and your family you found out you had a brain tumor that year yeah um as you mentioned can you talk a little bit about what you and your family were kind of thinking or going through during that point in time well you know when you find out that they got to drill into your skull and take out a thumb-sized portion of your brain to, to deal with the tumor. Um, kind of like an out-of-body experience. Sure. I had two young kids at that point um, of mine, and then I had 100 kids of mine that were my football players. <laughs> you know, I had 20 students of mine that were my that were my people that I cared about and, and were worried about, you know, so um, this is crazy. This is crazy process. You know, you know how I, I would do some out there things like you know, <laughs> tackling drills with oh, yeah. class. So, you know, Labor Day practice, I put the pads on and doing tackling drills and <laughs> got a concussion as usual. You know, nothing new there, but you know, I, I, I was getting more concerned because there was there was a lot of uh, NFL players that were you know going experiencing some, you know. Right around that time was like the CTE and yeah, stuff see, was getting big and all that. Up, you know, and, and like I talked to talked to like John Smith and oh, you know, that's yeah, you know, I don't know if you can be worried there's nothing you can do about that. And then talk to other people, talk to my doctors, and I bugged them so much they eventually agreed to give me an MRI just for peace of mind. Just I'm like, let's just do it for a baseline. Sure. So I thought and they agreed to that, and then my doctor um set it up and you know was going to Lake West, I get an MRI. Again, I'm not thinking right. anything that happened. Right. I, get out, I get out of the MRI. Like, they're, like, taking me to a room, and they're, like, you have a tumor in your brain, you know, we do need to do emergency surgery, and, like, like whoa, let's, before somebody's going to do brain surgery, I need to, like, talk to some other people, like, maybe get yeah, right, sure. scan first or whatever, because, again, like, you know, you have two little kids, I have a wife, and I had all these responsibilities, you know, people that, you know, count on, you know, things that I, that I had to do. Um, so it was just, it was just crazy. And it was just one of those years too, that were tough in general, because it was a year after you guys had graduated. So we graduated so many starters, right? guys of experience and we're, we're playing a really young team. 
had some guys get banged up early, you know, so, you know, relatively early in that season, you know, like I know all these things going on. I, I didn't tell the players I'm going to get tests and I had coaches headed, you know, pick up some slack in practice, you know, so the same guy who was there when the day his son was, was born, you know, was like missing practices because I had to get different scans and other specialists and different doctors. It's and again, like ways things happen in serious ways. Like Gina had like three students that year whose, whose parents or fan or, or mothers were brain surgeons at the Cleveland Clinic. <laughs> you know, so like it's just fortunate, right? right. It's, it's, it's all about the right you know. people. Like Dr. Racinos did my surgery, like it was smooth, like like that all worked out fine. But um it's just tough season going through. We had we had an incident with, with, with another school. I had uh, coaches like MF and players and doing all kinds of stuff and they started like a big fight not like chaos i know exactly what you're talking about that's chaos why i laughed yeah. and I, I remember like steve thompson was there i like look at him in the eye and i was like like almost like like what do i do here and then like they're making claims that we started it <laughs> and i was like so see you have to go through the process of yeah. answering questions right you know and the funny thing is does that coach on another team is in jail right now <laughs> and it's been for a while for yeah, for doing stuff. So like, you know, like things happen. Sure, things happen. You know, so um, I said it was a stressful year, and um, you know, fortunate God helped me through it, and my family was supportive. The community was supportive. Players were supportive of that um, that time in my life, and and that was you know like when you wake up and you get a helmet signed by all your football players, yep. things like that. Are special. Yep. Yeah, I mean that's part of the part of like football that that is so awesome like even like when my dad passed away um i remember coming to st justin's um with the casket and when i look into the when i look into uh the church the whole football team's in there yeah in their jerseys and uh all the coaches but a lot you yeah. know that's i remember going through that with uh players too jeff and yeah. and um yeah some other of our players whether they lost a parent they lost a, a sister a brother things like that and it's just it's life you know? yep. football's life you hear that yep. it's life in a lot of different ways sure um before we flip the yeah. script um i always ask um who is coach Burek for the listeners and viewers who might not know you who's coach george Burek? yeah you know you know on the outside sometimes i'll get the reputation as a, as a of a tough exterior but like you know as you can see as i got teary-eyed or <laughs> emotional um a lot of times throughout this just thinking back on some of these things is uh you know i'm somebody who cares about people in general like i, like I, I would do anything for anybody you know if, if any of my former players or students called me up right now i'd be there for them in a second if i could be um to provide them support any way i can you know um so I'm a loyal and dedicated person. Love football. Love teaching young people. I love having an impact on, on others around me. You know, I guess sometimes you're doing that in a, in a stern way. And everybody's not prepared to take things in a stern way anymore. You know, it's just tough because that's the way I was raised. And uh, and, I, and I think that there, there has to be a little bit more of, uh, of, of that sometimes. They can't be too much coddling. But at the same time, like I said, like I, on, on the side, I'll, I'll coddle away, you know, behind closed right. doors with plenty of things. You know that. Like, uh, 
I'll, I'll do whatever I can to support those around me in the best way that I could. That's good. Uh, Coach, I'm now going to hand you over the reins uh, to ask me anything you'd like. All so right. let's go ahead and flip the script. I'm going to take a little drink because I'm going to yeah. talk up a little bit, I believe. <laughs> Oh, that was a therapy session. <laughs> so, and again, I know I know this, but why don't you tell um, listeners about your individual coaching journey? So, what that looked like for you after after high school? So, I, I kind of want to start off with when I was in high school because that's kind of what brought me to be wanting to coach. Um, I helped out with several youth leagues: Saint Justin Martyr, Willowick Youth League, East Lake Youth League. So, I always liked that kind of working with those young kids when I was in high school I always yeah. liked going to their practices that even after my practice was over I'd go up yeah. there to kind of help out um so that's kind of where it started so then I head over to J John Carroll University I was there first semester um unfortunately during that time I hurt my shoulder I was going through some family stuff um I had two shoulder surgeries one in high school then actually two more than in college um the most beneficial part for me being a coach that was at John Carroll, I mentioned this in one of my other uh, shows was I sat in a bunch of meetings that, that year throughout football season, cause I was injured. I had nothing better to do. So I kind of picked coaches brains and so on and so forth there. So that was kind of a cool experience learning as much football as I could. So I think that was one of the most beneficial years after kind of my playing days were over. Um, then when I was at John Carroll on top of all my shoulder surgery and that type of thing going on, my brother was actually killed. Um, he was a Willoughby police officer, as I mentioned. Today's his birthday, so happy birthday again. Um, so I was going through a lot of stuff at one time, first semester in college, um, shoulder surgeries, brother passing. So at that time is when I kind of decided to step away from school. And um, a lot of people were just telling me to stick it out. But as you mentioned, when you're going through something as tough as that, a lot of people don't understand it sometimes. So at that time, I stepped away from school. I was going through some tough things. My mom was struggling a lot. So I, I came home. Um, but that kind of worked out because I eventually you asked me to coach at the middle school that I attended, which was Willow Middle School. And um, I coached with us, um, Clendenning and Bubonics and those guys. And uh, Phillips and they kind of taught me the ways around coach middle school football and, and it was kind of cool because it was my it was my old middle school also so it was cool being around mm -hmm. and I painted things and one, I thought from, from my perspective one of the coolest things to watch was all those guys that were coming off lifting weights yeah. at high school you know so we had our high school lifting going on in the summertime and You'd be rolling in there with like 15, 20. Uh -huh. middle school well, we kids. had a big middle school team. Yeah, we had 26 had, kids. Yeah, and and they're they're coming, they're running and and doing stuff, uh, you know, again, doing stuff to get better. And know, that was kind of the first time the middle school really lifted that year between both middle school. I mean, a few kids would come up and here and there, but um yeah, that was kind of the first year we got almost a full team there three days a week, which was very cool. And I get and it was benefited those kids. They went five and three in middle school. And then that was actually the team when Dodd actually took over mm -hmm. uh, beating South and making the playoffs. And so it was kind of cool watching them guys grow up. If kids decide to put the time and effort in commit <laughs> middle school, that they could have success later on in high school. Absolutely. It's mind blowing. Man. <laughs> and again, the alignment between middle school or youth league, the middle school, yeah. to high school. Well, see, like, like, listen, there's their middle school team. And their high school team are all there working out. Like yep. they're like that weight room is like the most used weight room yep. in Lake County. Right. And they're not one of the biggest schools in Lake County. Right. <laughs> so yeah, that, I was at Willow Middle School as a volunteer there for one year. Uh, then 
an opportunity struck. Uh, Tim McGlowski got hired over at Newberry. And it was kind of funny. So I was headed to Newberry to sign my contract. But then Jeff Grubich called me at Kenson because you were over at Kenson yeah. at the time, kind of referenced me to get that job. So I was headed to Newberry to sign my contract. Grubich calls me. I keep driving right past Newberry, right to Kenson. And I signed a contract to Kenson the same day. And uh, I was fortunate enough to work with you uh, as coaches. Now we made the playoffs that yeah. first year. Um, that was cool experience. Well, I saw that picture. Yeah, oh, yeah. You and I after that, it was yeah. like, you know, it's just get that week 11. Sure. Like, I don't know. Some of the teams that, are, that, are, that are do it all the time, you know, I don't know if they know how special the thing is for somebody who's sure. never done it before, hasn't yeah. experienced it. No. You know, like, uh, you know, like when people talk about expanding the playoffs and, and things like that, I know there's been some lopsided games in that first round. But again, that's, you know, for a kid who loves football. Yeah. For a community that loves football, like, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's something that's, that's special to them. Yeah. And yeah, like now we were at Kenson. I was there for six years. I was there from 2014 to 2018. So I was there for quite a bit. I was there for a state title run, mm -hmm. which was, which was incredible. Um, 2017, I actually was a finalist for the West Yaga job. It got down to the final three. I did, unfortunately, I didn't get it, but it kind of worked itself out because the next year, state of Kent, so we want a state title. So again, it's kind of God works in mysterious ways sometimes and uh, things work out in your favor. Um, so then the following year after winning a state championship, I um, I was looking into head coaching jobs the year before I was finest at West Geauga. And then the following year, uh, Cardinal kind of came along, which was kind of a strange process because I applied for a quarterback's position, assistant coach position. I get to the interview and find out the head coach resigned so the the ad there was like george would you be interested in being uh at the head football coach here i'm like so i kind of got blindsided i walk yeah. in and wasn't even dressed yeah. up for this thing you That's know the way you are like yeah you said sometimes yeah. you know there, there's intense processes sometimes we go through multiple rounds of interviews and you're interviewing yeah. with with parents and alumni yeah, and yeah. players and and school board members and and, and everybody and their mother and yeah. other times where you know, your situation where they ask you when you're right. going for one job about another one. And same thing, like, you know, when, yeah. I, when I got Mark Bonier calling off the superintendent. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, job is yours next year. Right. And that and that's how my two head coaching interviews went. West Yaga, there was everyone and their mother in the interview, youth parents. It was everybody was there. Yeah. And then I get to Cardinal, they asked me if I want to be the head coach. A month later, I was named their head coach. So it's kind of yeah. just like a unique situation. So that's kind of yeah. so, uh, my coaching journey and how things kind of worked out. So, and then this past year, I actually got the yeah. opportunity to, the, um, after that, everything kind of went down at Cardinal, which we're going to get into, is uh, uh, Kahari Hicks gave me a call and uh, Max Stevens. I sat down with those guys and, you know, I helped out on Friday nights and helped with the quarterbacks on occasion. And, uh -huh. and that was a cool experience, too, because it was uh, – it was different program that I haven't been around. It was an inner city school. So it was kind of cool to see uh, like a school like that, how they kind of tick and uh, those type of kids that are hungry, hungry to um, come to practice every day. And it looks like some elite athletes there, you know, that's the whole yeah. thing too. Like, you know, some programs, you know, just have different levels of talent, you know, sure. you talk about a place like, <clears throat> like North, you know, it's, it's you have these ups and downs of like some of the elite players. I'm talking about when I talk about elite players, I'm talking about ones who have the strength, the size, the speed from God. Yeah. They're born with it. Yeah. Not talking about those hardworking, just stud athletes that, that right. 
go out there and compete. Let's talk about the freaks. Yeah. The ones who walk a little different. Yeah, and that's the first thing you know I, I mean, noticed. They walk a little yeah. different, little stuff. Even like, you know, when we were at Kenson together, um, Bruce Mays came out there the one time yeah. and talked, and he was watching. He saw one cat. Yeah, that kid walks like an NFL guy. Yeah. You know, and like the, the Nails are a good team. Like those right. are with good teams. Hey, they have a bunch of these guys who just have this next level. I mean, it's one thing to be, you know, a five foot eight George Burek and lift weights and yeah. go out there and try to compete to the best of my ability. My, my, my ability <laughs> level might be a six. So I gave, I try to give it as close to six as I could. Right. But when you have those those tens and those nines and they're given tens and nines, right? Holy smoke! It's it, just hold it speed and not even just speed. It was just the size of yeah. kids. I look, my first day was at one of the practices and I look up. I'm like, what grade are these guys in? And they're like sophomores and juniors. I'm like thinking yeah. these guys are seniors. You know, 18 year old kids. So. That's kind of my coaching journey up until this point. So, so what was the most challenging aspect of being a head coach that you might not have thought about before you got to that? Spot? You know, there's quite a few different things that came to mind when you, I knew you were going to ask me that question. Um, first thing when I was at Cardinal was I was the youngest adult working in the building. Um, I was the youngest guy, so sometimes people didn't take me as serious as you know, the older, the older people in the building. So I thought that was um, something that kind of stuck with me and which kind of irritated me at times. Cause I, you know, as a young coach, I think sometimes we know, think we know more than others, which is true sometimes. And, but I think that was something that kind of irritated me over time was I was the youngest in the building and people didn't, you know, didn't want to say I was right or didn't want to take my opinions into consideration, things like that. Um, and then kind of relating things to when I was at Kenston, Kenston did everything the right way, as we mentioned. They were prestigious, ADs were at everything. They just did everything the right way, and sometimes over the top, which is good at times. Um, but at Cardinals, some, sometimes they didn't do things by the book, essentially, in my opinion. Um, and I wanted to do things my way. I wanted to build the program my way, and sometimes that rubbed the people the wrong way because they had one coach there for – think uh, 18 or 19 straight seasons so when I got hired some people didn't see eye to eye with me and that's okay they had their views I had my yeah. views but I wanted they to do things my way respect in the community yeah you know, the allotment <clears throat> program he's a teacher you know yeah. so like you know geez the guy's name's Cardinal and he was yeah coach at Cardinal. right, Look, right. What he asked for. and um you know so like it had to be challenging to go there like you're following a guy that people liked and regardless of whether you know people like the offense he ran or defense he ran sure. or some of the program things you know, people still respected that guy, you yeah. know, so, you know, you're going in, into in following in his footsteps, you know, there, but talk to me about, you know, you used to talk about challenges, but how many, uh, how many players did you have out when you were coaching there? And I think that. So when I got to Cardinal on the roster that was given to me, there was 23. So that would have been in uh, 2018. They had 23 on the roster. Mm -hmm. So what we did when I uh, brought in Sean Richter was my first player. He's my offense coordinator. And then Kevin Baggett, not too uh, uh, far after that, he was my offense line coach. So those mm -hmm. were the first two I kind of brought in. And when I told them, I said, we're going to start workouts immediately. And I want us to be crazy. Like uh, I want us to be loud, uh, excited, uh, just obnoxious. And getting these kids like, holy crap, these guys are crazy. Like, but getting them excited though, to yeah. be there. And so that first workout, we literally had 70 kids show up which was phenomenal. I was with three coaches there. So it was kind of a crazy, I'm like, 
So we didn't know. We didn't we didn't know how many kids, but uh but year one we get there with 23 on the roster and we ended up having 47 yeah. by the end of that season. There were some injuries and some kids fell off, but we had 47. You, you know, there is excitement in the program, you yeah. know, and that and that's also a challenge you see when there when there's a longtime coach right. in a program and, and they're getting closer to retirement age. And you know, again, like you're not as in, maybe not as invested in like doing all the little things that, right. that sometimes people don't realize head coaches need to do. Absolutely. You know, and, and there's other things in your life that draws the other direction. So like there, there's always that point where a shot of energy to a program right. um, sometimes is, is the right thing. Right. And, and I'm sure at North, like, listen, at North, probably right. after I left, like, you know, bringing Mike in, you know, from Lake Catholic, had a lot of success there. Sure. Success as defense coordinator at, at, at Willoughby South. Like, hey, maybe this, because again, that was, you know, one of the things that I did, it might have been my biggest mistake <laughs> or it, it, and it actually it wasn't great for the kids but in, in the end because you know we the, the one season when we went one and nine my last year coaching no excuse me the year after you graduated went one and nine had some injuries but we kept the freshmen together right and if you remember yeah undefeated they beat ignatius they beat Menor, they beat yeah. heads they went like, 10 and 0 that season. yeah like, okay that was uh you know so you know some of those guys not all of them, but some of those guys probably could help us on JV. And, yeah. you know, it, it, it right. triples up, you know what I mean? Maybe one could have got some reps and varsity, some here or there. Um, so cut those guys all together for that year. And then the next year, played a ton of them. Right. Like, you know, it's my, my my year that we went one and nine with a ton of, like, I think there was like 10 sophomores starting sure. and, and one freshman starting yep. um, that season, you know. And, um you know, it's it's like one of those things where those kids didn't get actualized maybe their full potential because, you know, Mike comes in a year and then, you know, Twinsburg comes and throws a bunch of money at him to go there. Right. <laughs> and then um, Sean comes in, you know, so you have those, those one of the probably best classes yeah. to go through North, you know, ends up having three head coaches. Right. Their sophomore, junior, senior years yep. really, really stinks. Like, I get, I'll get to that with a question you a little bit too as well. Like, you know, if, if I would have still been there through that process, it seems to the end, I wonder what we could accomplish. Sure. I think a couple of those check boxes that I wanted to get as a coach would probably have been. Oh, sacked them. Sacked them. <laughs> you know, I think we could have probably done that with that group of kids because there's some pretty special players in there um, along the way, you know, so. And then I actually I wanted to mention this. Yeah. Another, another challenging thing for me was as a young coach again, was the parents. And I think if any coach doesn't say parents, I, I believe right now are a huge problem sometimes mm -hmm. that distract people from what is actually going on mm -hmm. there. Like we'll say we have workouts from this. Well, we can't attend that. Well, mm -hmm. I'm sorry to tell you, but that's going to affect what's happening. And I just, so we had a big, um, we, not that I'm saying we had some great parents, but we had some parents that were just, you know, didn't see eye to eye again. And, uh, it was kind of yeah. well, again, you know, it, kind of if you're accustomed to you know showing up to practice once two days begins and then right. playing, like it's it's a hard change in a community like that. Yeah, you know, lifting weights and getting strong and, and being the best shape possible does a couple of things. One, it keeps you safe from injury, right? You know, two, it helps you compete at, at the highest level you can, you know. So that's that's an, it's an education process, you know, and obviously it worked because you got the, the numbers up. You know, yeah. with, with what was going on and the participation, I know there was a lot of excitement and buzz, like in the community, with what was going on there and and, and some of the things that were happening. Because again, that wasn't part of the program. And right. again, like it was, 
all you took you took things that you knew from high school yep. and north the way we did, did things which was the way the things that Toast yep. did and you <clears throat> took things from kenston right and that's what trib did yeah. you know like yeah. so like you know like you you started putting together a first class program there of, of, of opportunities with with lifting weights with right. watching film with facilities and um and that was the thing is i was graphics. i know like right. you know that's like again you talk about the challenges me to, to build all those things it's not like a click yeah. of the fingers i mean that's a lot of time and effort and right. planning and involvement you know you're getting commitment from you know administration school board members people in the community yep. you know fundraising i know that you're doing a lot you know a lot of that to i think to provide two, things to, to your to your student those two years, to benefit. Like, in those two years i think we raised like twenty five thousand dollars in two years which is like outstanding yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, so, for a small program like that yeah. when, when you're not used to that influx and like that makes such a Again, you know how much of an impact it makes on that budget department because now if you could bring in that $25,000 and purchase things that normally were coming out, out of the athletic budget, now right. that, that goes to the other sports. Exactly. You know, so it's like, listen, we don't, I, we could buy a couple of helmets, we could do a couple of these things, and you could take this money and do towards like, you know, some of these girls' sports and some of these other sports right. that maybe don't have the revenue that comes in the same way that football does. So, like, you know, it really benefits the community. Like, we were raising, like, I mean, there was, it was the, I can imagine because you were doing one hundred twenty well, kids. You know, well, you, you know, all the students had awesome um, booster club. Right. You know, like it. You know, there was um, a lot of people that did things. The bingo program and an opportunity to to get money in from bingo. So you, you had the opportunity to get workers for bingo, bring money in that way. We did card sales. We did all as many different things as we possibly could to, to generate revenue. So like you know, if a parent didn't want to do any of that stuff, they could say, "Hey, like here's two hundred bucks," you know, right. and I don't want to, I don't want to raise any, do anything else. And then other people would go out, like you'd sell the, the cards like, to do these yeah. things. And if, if the people couldn't afford it, like every head, like nobody didn't get the same thing as every guy. You guys all had the same shirts, nope. shorts, you had opportunity to get the same. So remember we had all those. And I, did the, and I did the same exact thing. Shorts. So, I mean, you were organized, you know, meshes like in the kids yeah. atlas. Like, and the biggest thing would be like, listen, th this, the value of this was like 450 bucks right. what your kid was getting. And, you know, if you wanted to pay two hundred dollars to get it, you could do that. If you wanted to, to fundraise, you could do that too. And we threw it into the pot, we split it up. You know, I had Jim and Kim D. Francesco, yeah. who were freaking yeah, phenomenal. You know, those two right. awesome. Like they they ran all those, you know, night the races yeah. and, and, and did so much for our kids. They organized the team meals. Like I remember back in the day, like Chipotle and, and Chick-fil-A, <laughs> they would donate stuff for free. They, yeah. Well, at least they would get it for free. Like they they would yeah. you know, bug them and we have all these burritos and all these yeah. chick for students. <laughs> You know, for our players for the games, you know, but again, like talk about challenges, but all that is logistics too. So yeah. it's like you don't have director of operations, like that's right, the head football coach, right? Yeah, exactly. And again, like you said, <laughs> you're the young guy in the block, and people are like, who's this guy here doing all these things? Yeah. You know, making all this noise. Right. And that's what kind of happened, is I think over time, is which I, I don't know if I piss people off or whatnot, but I think I got such a support system mm -hmm. such so early on that I think it rubbed some people the wrong way and they're like, that's what kind of happened. So probably listen, probably the same with me and my friend. Yeah. You know, again, like if but again, like if you want to do it the right way and you want to work hard and, and do there, like that's you know, that's one way to go about it. You know, there, right. there's plenty of different ways and there's different leadership styles and different ways to get things done. Cause again, like Jeff's just as loud and crazy. Yeah. Doing <laughs> stuff, right? Yeah. Absolutely. You know, when, when I listen to Buzz and listen to some of the guys, and even Triv, you hear some of the ways they did yeah. things. Because I, I remember, I remember hearing that story different times when, like, you know, he went in there and shook up things in the youth leagues in the middle school there at Menor, basically, yeah. like, you know, hey, this is going to be the Menor way, right. or, or you need to go. Yeah. 
you know, and like it's, and I'm sure there's people who didn't love that at that point. You right. know, once you change things up and you say you got to do it this way, you know, every every has their opinion, their, their way that they think things should should yeah. best be done, you yep. know, and you know, I, I think sometimes people forget one of the biggest things about extracurricular activities and <clears throat> high school sports is to uh, it's an educational tool. You know, yes, it's yep. competitive and yes, it's important, but like it's the life lessons, it's the learning how to be a part of a team, be part of yep. a group that, that we're always like kind of trying to emphasize. How about uh, on the flip side of that, what was the most rewarding part? So rewarding, rewarding, it's it's always the relationships like you mentioned. It's the, the talks that you have with your team. Um, one one thing I'll bring up is uh, my first year, we coached a guy named Morgan Hershberger, which um, after he graduated, he took his own life, unfortunately. And it's one of those things where it's always in the back of your mind. Um, but that season after that happened, so we sat the team down and just kind of was an open room and anyone could kind of sit up and say whatever they wanted and how they were feeling. And each coach kind of talked and every player stood up, went to the front of the room and talked that day. And I, I think that was the biggest impactful thing that happened in my two-year coaching career there is every coach at, or every player stood up there and said something that was on their mind or something was bothering them or something about their home life. And I thought that was, there was a lot of teary eyes in that room that day yeah. and uh, from coaches talking, players talking, and just things that like one kid stood up and said um, he had a uh, special needs cousin that didn't, he didn't spend a whole lot of time with and he kind of regretted that and she ended up passing. I'm like, that's, that was kind of a, like an impactful thing that he got up there and said, and just like, just things like that, just building those relationships with those kids because they become fan, they become your family. They really do. And um, I love that every one of those kids over at Cardinal and I treated them the way they were treated needed to be treated. And a lot of those kids over at Cardinal is um, they come from sometimes a broken households. And that's just the way that area is sometimes not all of them, but some, and um one year I always bring up, we deliver Easter baskets um, to some of the elementary school kids. And you were, that was the first time I really got to see like the area and mm -hmm. areas that I weren't familiar with that were inside the city limits. And uh, it was amazing to me because I'm like, wow, you know, they're living in this type of condition, whether it's in a trailer or which it was just, it was just a eye-opening experience for me. But uh, again, it's, it's always the relationships and that thing. And, uh, and again, you you mentioned coaches were part of your relationships that you built over time. And um, I brought on Sean Richter. We got very close. I mean, we played with each other in high school. And mm -hmm. um, I brought on Kevin Baggett, which I didn't know Kevin Baggett before I hired him. And I'll tell you what, he's a great, just a great human being, great man, um, um, great husband, just great family guy. And uh, first, I wasn't going to hire him, and I was going to go with someone else. But something told me deep down that this guy is who I – if I'm going to spend time with someone, those are the guys I want to spend time with. Because, I mean, here's, that's a lot of time coaching yeah, that's, football. That's, again, that's the whole other <clears throat> brotherhood, the guys you've coached with over the years, yeah. and you get, get a chance. You know, the, I know the guys at Kenson, they got to build relationships as well. And, yeah. and that, that's, that's again, a lot of good memories with that, too, like going to the coach clicks together. Yeah. And, <laughs> oh, yeah. Late nights, break, late nights, early mornings, <laughs> breaking down films. 
you know. Um, a lot of funny stories. Yeah, there's always there's always something there funny, but that should that should be uh, one of the podcasts. The the funniest coaching stories. Get a whole bunch of coaches in the room, and then we probably all get fired from our current jobs. <laughs> got out what some people did and what we've experienced and not reported to the authority. That's a joke. Nobody Too funny. Anything illegal. We'll edit that out. <laughs> But yeah, it's all about the relationships at the end of the day and kind of, you know, it's heartfelt and people that are always going to be a part of it and part of you and, and it's family, you know. And, and again, it's, you know, for every coach that you're going to have on this podcast, for the most part, unless you start going to some of those college guys, you know, you're not the highest paid coach is making like $10,000, right. you know, for coaching, you know, and, and it's a. 365 24 hour a day um you know situation yeah you know when probably one of the most significant things that happened to me when after i resigned from being head coach was how quiet my phone was like, <laughs> the text and yeah. the phone calls stuff like that yeah. like all the time it was there's always something yep it, it could be a kid calling me it could be a parent calling me saying they need help with their kid right you know like we meet and talk about this you know like or what do we have to do for that you know, booster so like, meetings coming up, yeah, you know, so things like, like that, you know, emails. Billing principal calling you up and letting you know some stuff that's going on, whether it be in the community, but it be with one of your players, you know. So like there's a lot of it's a lot of time and a lot of effort that goes in. And again, it's not about the money. The money really for me, right. for the guys that coach with me is usually keep their wives a little bit quiet. <laughs> to say, hey, you know, yeah. I I think my, my coaching pay was my wife's jewelry fund. <laughs> you know, so yeah. we went right to that. But like, you know, like for, for a lot of coaches, you know, it, your main salary comes from your teaching position. And, you right. know, you were a different scenario. You weren't a yeah. teacher. Right. You know, you were a paraprofessional or a student attendant yeah. um, at Cardinal School, you know. And, you know, I don't even think like when you got hired, were you, was that even part of your meeting? So no, you so didn't care about that. You no, no, I was looking for a head coaching job. And um, so I took the head coaching job. I knew that there wasn't a position in the school at the time. And um yeah, I took the job anyway, and I had a job over uh, a few different things going on at that time working. And, uh, yeah, I got hired. And a few months later, the, they asked me for an opportunity that said, would you want to be the learning center supervisor, the new position we're going to kind of create? And because uh, I know they had some attendance issues going on and um, working with like some of their online school kids. And there was issues with that kids um, taking. Um, credit recovery courses and that's kind of kids I kind of worked with or kids that needed one-on-one -on -one work so that's mm -hmm. what I kind of did but yeah I, I wasn't looking for that position I just want to be their head football coach and that's not that, like the position's not even that crazy because like this is the way it works for those who don't know I'm an administrator too yeah. so I, I we do this it's like you know you're not even a teacher of record like there's a teacher no. who is basically responsible for all those classes sure know, they, have, they have to enter the grades uh, and, yeah. and do all that yeah. part like they're the ones who have them who make it legit with the state of Ohio, you know. Right. So yeah, I'm not I don't have a teacher's license, I don't have anything like that, a paraprofessional. So yeah, you get that you get that yearly certificate there in that spot. Yeah. So that kind of leads into the next question, which will kind of let you share some information that you haven't had the opportunity in any form thus far. And I know we've talked a lot about this over the past year. It's been a year, It's uh, yeah, coming up on a year in March. You know, so, a year since the whole thing kind of started and transpired. So, so one, your time at Cardinal was, was cut short before you could see the fruits of your labor. You know, I know they had a pretty good season this past year. And some wins was awesome. Because again, like it's like you didn't want it's not like you want those guys to yeah. not do well. Right. You know, like 
you know, so I know you're excited to see them, you know, reaching those goals that you guys have set out as a program, but, you know, you didn't get to be the guy on the sidelines. And, you know, there's always that what if, like, could we want a couple more games if I was a head coach? Right. You know, could we have gone a little further? You know, <laughs> if I was a head coach, right. and we we're still doing these things, and where would we, where would we be looking next year? You know, so like there's, the worst, you know, and the worst part about that was me and Richter talk about it a lot is, and Kevin Bag, we all kind of talk about it is we were there through two classes that didn't have a whole lot of talent, but we knew we could win some games. Well, listen, it wasn't that like again, yeah. the foundation wasn't there. Like they right, weren't right. doing that offseason lifting. Like that's right. commitment. Like right. goes back to that story about the middle school kids <clears throat> that you're bringing up the north when I was still coaching there. Right. Like the kids that were there now, like they've invested. Right. Like they're invested, they're invested in the program. They right. have the foundation, they have that part. Right. Like that's the part that helps you in the fourth quarter. That's the right. part that helps you in fourth and one, exactly. fourth and inches, like fourth and 10. Like, right. like, you know, when you have to convert that to keep going, like that's where it comes from. Absolutely. Right. And uh, when we sat through, when we first got there, there was just, it was a mess. It really was. There was uniforms in the storage area all over the place. We had an inventory, all that. There's, just little things that, so we sat through the crap for two years to get to where we knew we were going to be in year three and year four. And that's what kind of stinks the most is we were there. We did the two years that kind of sucked to do the rebuild. And then we get to that year three and things kind of went down the way they did. We got, we had, we knew what we were doing in year three because that was a talented group. They were lifting for the two years. They did everything in the off season to, you know, through two days, mini camps, they they fully committed for two years. Yeah. And in year three, they end up going seven and three and making a playoff appearance. And think about that. That seven and three after, like those kids went through a lot too. Like I don't know if people understand, like the emotional impact that that put on those student athletes. What was going on? Because I, I had a lot of misinformation yeah. or lack of information, and yeah. And you know, like the lifting wasn't going on. Like some of the, yeah. some of those things that you guys put in place there wasn't happening. So like, yeah. and they still did that. Yeah. You know, and, and again, like that's was another part that they missed out a little bit on. But so so what happened? Uh, well, a lot <laughs> happened in a short amount of time. Uh-huh. Uh, like I said, it's coming up on a year where it all kind of transpired. Of my, from March to April was kind of one thing, and then from April to June was another. Um, so how kind of started? A guidance counselor walks in at the end of the day one day, and I forget the exact date, March seventh or something. And uh, she asked George, "Have you been entering grades for students?" I'm like, kind of sprung on me, and I said, "No." I said, "I didn't even know I had access to this kind of thing." Not a teacher again, like we mentioned. Um, I just took attendance. So you didn't grade the assignments. No, so I didn't even know I could do that. And mm-hmm. apparently I could have, but I didn't know. I, why would I have access to this in the first mm-hmm. place? You know, I'm not a teacher. I'm not administration. Um, so, so, this, so this is a program. So, so you're telling <clears> me. So here's what's going on. You're changing grades for football players. So they're eligible. <laughs> that's where the story gets even better is none of these kids are athletes. So that's what the story, when it kind of hit the news, everyone's like, are these kids? Oh, he's a football coach. They're all athletes. They're all football players. Well, there's seven kids. None of them are athletes. Do credit recovery. Exactly. Yeah. Need to graduate on time. These are kids that, for whatever reason in their lives, need need things <clears throat> delivered in a different way than traditional students. So, like, you know, they're, I know, again, schools do this all over the place. 
you know, four miles of the place. Yep. You know, they work at their own pace. You're sitting there cracking a whip. So they're doing their work. They're not sleeping. They're not on their cell phone. Exactly. They're not trying to, to, you know, get somebody else to do their work for them. Exactly. Right. Yep. And that's, that's kind of the position I had as I worked with kids one-on-one. Some of them were more of uh, true one-on-one work mm-hmm. where I'm like tutoring them. The other kids, I'm just kind of monitoring, making sure that they're staying on pace to get yeah. their uh, work done. So. So you're doing this guidance counselor asks you, are you adding grades? In? Right. And that's why I, I, I was kind of shook up. I'm like, I did. I said, I didn't even know I had access to this. And the weird thing was the guidance counselor at the time was kind of showing me how to do it. She's like, if you were to do this, this is how you would do it. So I'm like, you know, that's kind of a weird, yeah. what kind of happened. So she kind of left and I said, no, I didn't do this. And the next day uh, I talked with the principal and he said, um, just so you know, this is kind of what happened. And someone has been entering grades for, so I'm like, okay. He's like, well, do you have anything to do with this? I said, absolutely not. I said, once again, I didn't know I had access to do something like that. And um, yeah, so then my computer ended up getting taken to the IT department. And the Cardinal have like a full-time IT I don't know if they were full-time, but there was a person that would be in the building here and yeah. there. So it got taken to the IT department. I get my computer then back, get taken to the IT department again. I get it back. So it was kind of like a weird, I'm like, what the heck's going on? It was kind of a, yeah. if you're going to take it once, you know, you find out what you need to find. And But they gave it back. So I'm like, I don't know. It was just kind of a weird scenario for me. Um, so then spring break hit. I haven't heard anything for two weeks now. Spring break. Nothing kind of, I didn't hear anything. We get back. And you're still coaching. And yeah, I'm still and doing, we're lifting, we're doing everything. Kids, yeah. Kids, so. Yeah. Yeah. So it's still doing everything. So get back the day after spring break and principal calls me in. He goes, well, police are going to come in and talk with you. I said, okay. I cooperated. I, I actually called the union rep at that time. And uh, I said, this is what's happening. Can you be here for this meeting with me? Cause I didn't know if I needed a lawyer right away. I didn't know what, I didn't know what was going on. I've never been in trouble in my life. Never. I don't even have a speeding ticket, never been in an accident. You know, I, I've never stolen, a, <laughs> never stolen a candy bar. Like I've never been in trouble in my entire life. So I'm like, can someone sit in this meeting with me? And I, I thought it was just like a, just them talking with me while well, it happened to be a full out interrogation at the high school. So I'm like, so at that point, they asked me all these questions. I'm cooperating, and um, it slowly felt like I was getting backed in the corner right there. So I said, hey, I feel like I'm getting back in the corner, and that's I, I don't want to answer anything else. I, I didn't feel it was kind of right. And uh, the lady that was with me, she she said, yeah, I felt like they are backing in the corner so at the same time. So she said that, too. Uh-huh. And she goes, George, after the fact, she said, George, you're super calm. Like, sometimes when people are – in bad situations that they did that they kind of jittery and she's like george you were calm as you know yeah and uh but after that meeting police took my laptop and that was kind of my so my laptop's out of my hand at that time and um still continuing going to work all week so that happened on a monday so now we get to thursday i'm working without my laptop so i'm just kind of walking around and monitoring kids at that time i couldn't even take attendance so um, we get to Thursday, and this is something that I might not ever get the answer to. So on that Thursday, when I don't have my school laptop, 
I get an email to my phone saying someone tried logging into my online to take attendance. The, I forget what it's called, yeah. but to take attendance. So I'm like, this is odd because I don't have my computer to do it. So I take that to the principal and uh, he said, okay, I will, I'll take care of it. And so I've, I immediately call our union rep. I said, this would happen. And I sent her the email and everything. And she's like, holy cow, so there's something's going on. Well, now we're Friday. It's late, late, or I'm sorry, Thursday, the same day that I get that email. I get put in on administrative leave. Mm -hmm. So starting Friday. Simple, like, again, that's, yeah, which is. You guys do investigation, like if you right. get the person out of the setting, you, sure. you know, make sure that, you know, you kind of right. take care of that. So that's nothing, as an administrative, that's. Right. Probably didn't do it earlier, potentially. Right. You know, if that was the case, you know, but. And then, and then it kind of finds out that that Thursday where someone logged into my stuff, grades were being changed that day when mm -hmm. I didn't have my school laptop, mm -hmm. which. Kind of, I'm like, does that explain it? Kind of right there is yeah. grades got changed. I don't have my school laptop. I'm like, something is going on. Yes, so yes. that's kind of that was your, it was and again, <clears throat> just knowing more parts of the story that you, you know you're sharing. You know, that's that's the dilemma with the justice system because again, you always hear you learn justice is blind. Yeah, that you know, you go to court, and you can defend yourself, but I don't know if everybody really understands the financial obligation <laughs> that it takes to defend oneself. And that's when we, when we start talking about equity and, and, and what's going on in America, you know, in general, it doesn't, this isn't a race-based thing, but if you don't have the finances, it gets really tricky, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. So we, thankfully my dad and uh, my aunt, um, which I owe them a lot of money now. Um, I'm out of quite a bit of money from it. And uh, yeah, so we got down to, I got charged with, you know, two felonies and I was on the golf course and I kind of found out, I'm like, holy crap. I'm like, like I it blew my mind. I was kind of, I had, my phone was kind of blowing up and, but yeah, I had a decision to make. Um, it was either go to trial and fight it, which they said was going to cost thirty more thousand dollars. Was either to do that or possibly take a plea deal. So they offer you a plea deal. So <clears throat> when you do a plea deal, um, just to be clear to everybody, you have to say that you're guilty. That's for correct. something that you didn't do, right? That is correct. So, so, yep. so, so <clears throat> you have to say I did something I didn't do, or the alternative is you go to. You, you go to trial and at least $30,000. Yeah, more and, than, there was, right? and they said they, there was multiple lie detectors, this, different kind yeah. of yeah, things you had to do. And each, yeah, each thing was going to cost this and this. I'm like, we're already in this thing, $16,000. I'm like, no, if you know, we're getting the money that, you know, I haven't made in my regular job, you know yeah. what I mean? So it's, we were reaching heights where I had to make a decision, a so financial decision. What was, so you plead, <clears throat> you plead guilty what did they tell you was going to be at so, that point? What did they tell you was going to be the uh, consequence? So, pleading, I had to take the plea deal, uh, pled guilty. I got the year of probation, or and year of probation, and that was it. Yeah, that was kind of it at the time, which kind of slowly changed. Yeah, and I remember talking I to you. I'm like, 
And even with that, I was I was ticked at you. I'm like, dude, just you fight it, just fight it. Yeah, you know what I mean, like right. it's easy to say. And, and that's when, yeah, it's when, easy. when you're not spending money and like right. it was all like it surprised me. Not surprised me. I always think of like like you as a quarterback, and I look around and see all these Favre jerseys hanging up. <laughs> you know, you're the guy throwing them back across the field and making <laughs> something happen, taking some risks there. But but you know, here you're like, listen, like this is I do this. Yep. And the, I don't know, I, I don't have to do jail time. I said do community service. Right. You know, and like you, again, so it's like I understood that. Like again, like you didn't have the money, right? You couldn't take, you didn't want to take the risk because again, obviously, you go through the whole process and you could go for for you know, you could go to try to get money back, and that's not a sure thing either. And that right. costs more money right. to do that as well. So like, and now we're talking about like a multi-year process. So you're just want you want this to go away. And that and that was the thing is so my model since I was a player was live and die with the people. Like we're going for it. And so we got to a point where. Yeah, money that, was yeah, cost effective down. you know yeah he got to throw the check down and so i had to take the plea deal at the end of the day and which did i want to do that no i'll, I'll say that with 100 percent behind me but it became a financial thing which couldn't pay out any more money and you know so 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 let's fast forward so like it's, it wasn't like quick like it's not like you say hey it's gonna take a plea, plea deal so from the time that you said that you were gonna take the plea deal <laughs> the time they actually get to that hearing how, about how long was it so the starts so when this first came out was in march yeah 2021 it didn't end until november the week before thanksgiving so it didn't officially didn't end until then but when was do you remember when was the when was that that the, the day i believe started? it was october 26th was the final when hearing i took the we went to, yes. we went there and you went in front of the judge yeah no that's when i accepted the plea the final yeah. hearing yeah, so was I, like the deal we yeah. talked about like yeah, yeah community service yeah you know like don't do anything again whatever right so then i again there are some things you had to do for the courts you know yeah. and one of the things that blew my mind um was like they asked you to not just you know plead guilty but you had to apologize for like specifically what you did right yep so so they wanted you to show remorse so as we get closer to that time, they want you to show remorse for what you did. And you had to explain kind of like how you did it or why you did it or where yeah, it was, they're, they're going on that. Yeah. So my five was my final court date and, and I struggled writing this thing. I had to make a statement and where they wanted me to show kind of remorse, which is, you know, fine, whatever. I'm like, I'm just trying to get this thing over with, but I struggled writing this, this statement and they wanted me to say that I did it, which was tough. It was very tough because I'm sitting here in the back of my mind. I'm like, I want to get up and flip this desk right now. And, and then, yeah, so I ended up doing the statement and a few minutes later, I find out that I'm going to do seven days in jail also, which I'm like, I like burned holes in the back of my lawyer's head. You know, I'm so like, what, like thinking, talk, I'm like, talk to me about, tell me some of the grandstanding that the, uh, prosecutor some of the things i remember you telling me some of the things that he said that day so to yeah, you. yeah so he said something along the lines of that i drug a um the people into a boosters meeting and board meeting that i was sending out text messages to people to accuse people of this and this and this which i never did and um yeah, it was it was kind of wild because I'm sitting there as he's talking. I'm like, what is he talking about? Like, where is he getting like these kind of ideas about me? Because that's not the person who I am. And, and I'm just sitting there biting my tongue as 
this is happening and I can't, I can't do anything about it. So. And it's hard. Like, again, like I, uh, I told you beforehand, I'm only going if you say not guilty. Like I was like all in and said not guilty. <laughs> it, was, it just made me angry yeah. about the situation, the way things went down and information that you shared and some other things that I was aware of um, that this didn't, didn't smell right. Or, or, and again, whatever it was, again, I can't say, you know, but like I've known you for 20 years, you've never lied to me. Yeah, like that's you know, like you've been brutally honest with things. You, I think both of us both ways, and uh, you know, if you right. and again, I told you one point, like, dude, if you did this, I got your back and I'll support you and and take responsibility and do these things and you like do it. Yeah, you know, and you know, like to to <clears> go there. Yeah, you know, again, so I didn't go that day, and I know your mom and dad didn't either because they both were like. Yep. they would want to eat like the you yep. know they'd be yelling at the at yeah, everybody not, yeah, oh, yeah. so it's one of those things too they couldn't do it but again even uh you know you told me a story they sent you to the seven days you're go- like you're going yeah i was going right like, there. Out there and that. so with the sheriff's officer is taking to the car what we'll yeah. that story you told me yeah so i i actually knew the one police officer who's friends with my brother and kind of knew each other at one point or another and mm-hmm. he uh He's talking to me. I'm like, as he's taking the car, he didn't even have his car ready. He goes, George, you weren't supposed to go to jail at all. Like you were just supposed to take this uh, plea deal and sign your papers and you had the year of probation. And so we're walking out to his car and um, he has his lunchbox and stuff in the back seat. Like car, he said, usually I have my car warm. He's like, George, we didn't think we were taking you. I said, yeah, neither did I. So yeah, it was kind of a crazy, you know, experience. You know, talk about a line. You know, I said that. And, you know, the crazy thing is, you know, guy who's principal, when, he, when this went down, he's no longer a cardinal. Lady who's a guidance counselor, no longer a cardinal. And then superintendent's leaving, you know. So there's obviously a lack of alignment there. You know, for the sake of the, you know, the kids and staff and everybody at Cardinal Schools, hopefully they're able to get that alignment that they need to be able to be the, continue to be a great learning environment for students because again like not that any one of those people like i said are responsible for the whole situation i just think it's, it sounds like a, a lack of alignment led to a horrible situation unfortunately you had experienced like you know seven days in jail and uh during covid yeah what, what was what was the day what was the day like and during it was during hell COVID? man i mean it was you know something i've never experienced like i said i've never been in trouble but so when I got there, it was, you know, uh, you had 18 hour days because you had lights out were at this certain time, but it was 18 hour days. You got one day out of your cell, one hour out of your cell per day so to shower and, yeah. a day for seven days, yep. you know? So like you basically on top of, you know, getting a sense of jail, you like solitary confinement basically. Yeah. Cause of COVID. You it's, know? Exactly so what, like, it's exactly what happened. Sounds like it was really equivalent to the crime that you didn't commit that you admitted to doing yep. again even if, if somebody did that in general like do you think that would be the appropriate consequence i don't know, yeah, I, don't I, mean, know like, I, I think about like like that again a school administrator if, if i had to deal with a situation like that you know like it's, it's a pretty easy deal like I mean, if, if i if i'm there george and you, you do this i'm calling you in and, and again if i have enough evidence that looks bad. Say, so, listen, this doesn't look good for you. 
you know, it's probably your best interest to resign this position. You know what I mean? Because and you know, and you mentioned that is so in papers and you know, you've read things about it, is the papers keep saying that I was given an opportunity to resign, which could I have sent a letter of resignation? Yes. But you think someone would eventually called me in at some point or some at some point when this is happening, say, George, if you just resign, it's over done. Yeah. But it was kind of didn't happen that way. And it's like I called the police immediately and you know, so it's, I, I don't know what the protocol, if there was any protocols yeah. in, you know, in favor or drawn up to when something like that happens. I don't know. Yeah. And again, so, like it's, again, it's one of those things where you think that would be more of a, a school um, situation where they try to handle it in the house with people. But again, like, you know, Cardinal's a district that's like really so um, understaffed, I think, I think, you know, for building principal there. Yeah. It's it's tough because you, you you have to do so many so many functions for superintendent. You, you mean like they're they're not like a top heavy right. by any means there. So you know maybe they brought them in there because it was not enough you know support there to do it internally. You know so right. their process is a little different probably than ours is or some other places that I've been in the past. But you know again I it, it was tough watching you go through that and uh, you know just again like the one thing you have in your life is your name. You know I'm like. Um, Know, for people to put in a situation where people question like your integrity and you know your intentions of doing things um that's tough so i'll ask you one again like for like on the record like so did you change grades no absolutely why, why you might <laughs> no absolutely not i would i mean i would i wish i would have done it because it would it would have ended a lot faster than what happened and uh so yeah no i, I didn't do it and uh i hope maybe one day which i uh, you know, I I'm, I just kind of want to push this away and get it out of my life and kind of move forward. And, but I hope maybe one day that we will find out and uh, truth might come out, truth might not. But I'm OK with that because I'm, I'm kind of moving forward and kind of want to do my own thing now. And um, but, yeah, it's it's been tough because my name has that, you know, that asterisk next to it all of a sudden. And which has kind of been tough because I've I've applied for certain other coaching jobs now and I could name one which I won't name the school I I'll tell you that I didn't get that job because of what happened and I brought me in interviewed me I told them exactly what I'm telling you and um yeah they didn't end up hiring me they said they're going to go in a different direction which which I'm fine with you leave you don't tell me the truth and say why and yeah that's why I told you like with that I said like listen man if you're going to coach somewhere make sure that the principal knows yeah. the AD knows the school board knows and you know, if, if they still are interested in you based upon like the merits, then that's great. But again, if that's not something that they're ready to support, then 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 again, like that's not the right fit for, fit for you. Like I, I hate to see you go in a situation where you, you know, you, you you think you're okay, and the next thing you know, it goes a week two, and they're like, right. ah, you know, we didn't know about this. You got to go, right? You know, and like I said, like it's it's weird how how things happen in life. Yeah things kind of change the trajectory of what you're doing. Right. Like one of the most amazing things that happened to me in my life was having the opportunity to resign in life. <laughs> um, because, you know, around that time too, like I said, that was post, post-tumor. And, uh, you know, I was reevaluating like how I wanted to be as a father. Right. How do I want to be as a husband? How could I continue to impact young people? Because I love kids. I, like, in school setting and yeah and all of it and uh you know i remember steve thompson was doing a presentation on some of the 
stayed in the school district at some point showing some statistics and and you know he said something about like you know, hey listen if you think you could positively impact these in the school by all means get your get your administration degree right. and make an impact somewhere sure and it was almost like the head coach talking again right yeah. you know, listen to him talk like it was like you know uh and before I never thought, like, I'd never, ever thought of nutrition. My first master's degree was in sports management, <laughs> you know? So like there was that. And then, you know, you know, since then, you know, I've got my admin license. I like lucked into getting one of the best jobs around. I, I hired as athletic director and um, assistant principal at Cuyahoga Heights originally. So I did three years in those dual roles, you know, during a time I got to be a part of um, two state championship. Yeah, appearances. We went down to, uh, you know, the the shoe playing again, yeah. and we went down to um, Canton and played there, and and that's awesome. Even as a coach, to get to be a part of that, right? Or not a coach, but athletic director, and like just getting things ready, preparing it, being on the sidelines, watching an awesome coaching staff, yeah, on the Cuyahoga Heights, like do things and, and great kids, like realizing their dreams. It was still still awesome. Like you, yeah. again, my love of football was just. In different place. I mean, one of the parents even. How about this? Um, on a box of like fruits and stuff like that, they <laughs> had the hotel, um, found some old something more stuff and wrote BSTW on it. <laughs> there you go. You know, so I thought that was cool too. Like you know, maybe brought connect that that part there. So, you know, it, it's it's just crazy. So like I said, like the administration route was great, and then I did that job for three years. Um, I did my first year. Tom Evans, the superintendent of Heights, an awesome guy. He was a head football coach, a head wrestling coach. Just, just like, couldn't ask for a better, better superintendent to work for. Um, I think first, first year every day I went there. I think for hiring me there, this is <laughs> a special school district. Great sure. People. Um, and uh, he uh, provided me an opportunity to go back and use my special ed background to be director of people services for the district for the last um, four years now, and. Uh, just to be able to continue to grow and as as a educational leader has been sure. again a byproduct of of coaching. Right. You know, I, I still got my master's in, in administration. I got my superintendent's license, and you know, I'm halfway well, towards the Cardinals going to be looking for one. <laughs> it's just, tough, you know, but I'm it's just... tough. You like again, they don't have the finances to do things there, and like again, like it's it's a tough job, and and, yep. and you know, it's. It's lonely at the top, you know, yeah. whether you're, whether you're the superintendent, you're building principal, yeah. you're an athletic director, you're a head coach, you know, when you're that lead person, like, you know, you, you've got to make a lot of tough decisions. You're not going to make everybody happy all the time. Right. And you got to you stand by your, your principles and your vision of why you're doing things um, as you do them. And, and like I said, this part of my life, this phase of my life has been great. I get to watch my kids. Yep. do things more you know like when i retired from coaching officially high school <laughs> i i slid into coaching cyo football there you go <laughs> and we had you know we went a couple of years in a row without losing the game i had a bunch of great kids that i got to coach and, and families and we did really well you know we won a lot of games we uh i won my last game as head coach and in, in you know cyo championship game um with one of my buddies coaching on the other team and it's cool because like some of those players now like Brady's at Kirtland and they are state championship. I have a couple other guys who were state championship game with uh Chardon, another guy state championship game <laughs> with uh St. Ed's, other guys who played at Ignatius and 
Lake Catholic. And so it's cool watching those guys right. that were young guys now starting to like, you know, be bigger parts of their programs in their school and sure. playing different positions. And, you know, again, like, uh, you know, you ever see the Muppets show those two old guys <laughs> stuck in the stands? Oh, yeah. So that's me and, and Pat Snodgrass. We coached <laughs> together and played together. So we go to the Kirtland games now, and both our kids are playing at Kirtland. And they're sophomores this year, so they're, you know, they play, they get sometimes play a lot because when they, when Kirtland beats the heck out of people, those young kids get a lot of reps as part of their success too. So we're like those two two guys in the Muppets up there critiquing <laughs> everything that's going on in the game and watching stuff. And uh, again, it's 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 fun being dad. Yeah, like I love coaching, um, and it was a great part of my life. But uh, now just being a administrator impacting a larger um, group of students in a lot of different ways, you know, I, so right. it's, you know, we're weird. We're a small school, kind of like Cardinal, Cuyahoga Heights, uh, with the exception, it's like, it's a lot, like the community is a lot different. Yeah. You know, suburb of Cleveland, there's a lot of industry there. So yeah. um, fantastic facilities and just a tr tradition of excellence that's been been in place at Cuyahoga Heights for so long. Um, you know, again, that's the, a, lot, a lot of small schools aspire to be like Cuyahoga right. Heights. So like, so being there is, is super fun and like i i get to be assistant principal in middle school high school too i, I <laughs> help out with these elementary yeah. on top of being people service director so like you're there you're doing all these things like helping out with transportation at times right. <laughs> you know you'll sub i'm subbing for an aide one day to try to help in there like it's like all hands on deck to still try to yeah. do things like i had this group of like middle school girls that always like mr beer comes to our table and i look as josie's sixth grade girl and like these are sixth grade girls and like they're like telling me like who's being mean to them, and, <laughs> you know, telling me corny jokes and yeah. whatever. And that's the fun stuff. It's just being around in yeah, school. Around you, you're just, you're just, you're not just around football yeah. players. You're around everybody. And that's kind I of, said, I, yeah, I, I got a sixth grade or, or kindergarten today, you know, who's hugging me and saying, I love you, Mr. Beard. Yeah. And like, it's yeah. so, it's so weird. Like, and again, it's so different from the guy who was a crazy football coach. who was like, make you guys want to go get leaps <laughs> and uh, do those things. Um, you know, but again, it's, it's so weird. Like I said, um, as you look forward to what your next stage of your of your of your your career or what you're going to do, sometimes they like said like it'll take you in a direction that you didn't expect. But sometimes you'll get more joy out right. of it, and it doesn't dismiss like the coaching that you did. You know, it right. just it just changes it because again, you're you're still trying to lead young people, right? Still still trying to help develop, you know, teachers and people like right. like like you with coaches and and then you also learn from those people too so like i learned from the kids i learned from the teachers i work with the yeah. aides the lunch workers the custodians um bus drivers like all those people are like will have a have an impact on you in some way if you're looking for it. you're receptive right. to, to learning that you know so like i said like i if i'm you like this is pretty cool like i, I listen to your podcast i think those are pretty exciting you're seeing you get more sponsors yeah. you know each time through um shout out to anthony's um the waitress i wish i i knew her name because every time i go there she knows i like a coffee and a diet coke <laughs> and sometimes i won't go there for like it'll be like 11 months yeah and she's like coffee and diet coke right I'm like, yeah. yeah you know so and coach's dry rub you know it's also good yeah. on, on uh you know vegetables you go them in the in yeah the air fryer. <laughs> Nice, nice little seasoning there. Yeah, you know, Coach Tamba, you know, who a guy again, he was a, a freshman in high school, but you know, the first year I coached at North, right? Know, and you know, he's you know, offensive coordinator or defense coordinator at style, right? Now, and, again, and it's just about the relationships up. you make over over time of 
whether you're teaching, coaching, administration. And I think that's what it's all about, you know. Um, to wrap things up, Coach, I appreciate you being here. Yeah. Um, uh, before before you leave, I'm going to ask you to sign my coach's wall right behind you. Go ahead and sign wherever you'd like. <laughs> uh, while Coach is signing the wall, I just want to thank all of our listeners and viewers. You guys have been great uh, sharing stuff, liking stuff on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube channel, uh, if you want to check us out. Um, next week, we have a good one for you guys. Uh, tune in for Episode 9, Leaving a Legacy where I will be sitting down with legendary state. Ooh, my God, I got to restart that. Uh, Tune in next week for episode nine, Leaving a Legacy, where I'll be sitting down with legendary coach, St. Ignatius head football coach, Chuck Kyle, which is going to be a good one. And uh, yeah, it's going to be an exciting one. And uh, yeah, I I sent him an email and he he, he emailed me right back. So that's pretty cool. I forgot what I wanted to get us in this. Yeah. So, you know, silkscreen here. So Jared Grasco is silk screen and for those of you are like, what the heck are you talking about? I'm not talking about GDP printing, but um F3 Nation is a men's uh free workout group. Um it's 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 been a great thing that I've kind of stumbled into because one of the things, you know, when you're a competitor, when you're used to winning and yeah. competing and trying to do things to improve yourself, you lose your way once you get away from being part of the team. You know, so my new team is a collection of of men from a lot of different industries in different areas. And we have a, uh, you know, a workout group that meets multiple times a week in Mayfield or, or Kirtland. Uh, you came out <laughs> on Monday for our ruck and yuck yep. workout. I'll tell you what, I'm sore still. Yeah. <laughs> My ankles are still screaming, man. Yeah. So, we, so we, so we do, uh, these workouts, uh, like Monday was 5am start. Yeah. We do a 5:30 start at the Grove in, in Mayfield village. And then on Friday we do a 5:30 start again. They're 45 minute workouts. They're uh, they're for for men. They're free of charge. They're always outdoor. Um, the leadership happens in a rotating fashion, and then um, it ends in a circle of trust. You know, at the end, we kind of get together. They're, so F3 stands for uh, Fitness Fellowship and Faith. So we uh, talk about some leadership characteristics, and then we also uh, do some praying um, to whoever you know our higher powers are individually as a group. And again, like it's. It's a great thing to, to get involved with. Uh, I got to get you out more. Like well, I said, Friday morning, 5.30 is a good workout. I don't Actually, know. Yeah, this weather, I don't know. Listen, it's, it's uh. in the wintertime. You're in the summertime. You know, and, <laughs> and they have these all throughout the country. Yeah, I've been to Myrtle Beach um, thus far. Out. I'm probably doing Columbus in a couple of weeks when I'm down there for a clinic. But like I said, there's a lot of great people. There's a Rocky River uh, site in our area. There's Brexville. Um, there's Kaiga Heights is where I started yeah. off at the sewer. Um but again, it's it's a cool thing to get a part of. So F3 Nation is uh, what it's called in, in uh, F3 Cleveland. And F3 yeah. Cleveland Eastside is, is our, our workout group. So again, I want to shout that out. Your silk screen. My name yeah. is French Toast. <laughs> French Toast and silk screen. <laughs> I love it. Um, but yeah, it was, it was one heck of a workout. So if anyone's interested in that, I, I can pass on yeah. information about it, um, both on Twitter and Facebook. But once again, next week, I'll be uh, sitting down with legendary uh, coach Chuck Kyle, which uh, I'm excited. and. Um, Well, thanks again for listening, and we'll see you guys later. Welcome to The Coach's Approach, a podcast where we sit down with high school coaches and get the cold, hard facts.
How about the high school coaching world? This is the Coach's Approach, where we talk X's and O's. Follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And subscribe to our YouTube channel. This is the Coach's Approach, where we talk the X's and O's. Win the day or dominate the day. The choice is yours.